0: We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. I hope that you are staying cozy this cold January day. Uh, Today I want to talk to you a little bit about cravings because we haven't had an episode that has been totally dedicated to nutrition in a little while. And I want to get into this because this is something that a lot of us go through. There is uh, kind of a lot of discussion on how to stop cravings. And then a lot of people will kind of go the, the opposite end of the spectrum and try and be super restrictive and diet to try and avoid them. And that always backfires. There's just, there's a lot of misinformation. I feel like about how to deal with cravings. And I want to talk to you about some of the, the things that I implement with the people that I work with with just amazing results. These these women just have so much positive feedback to say about it, when they implement these kinds of things and I want to pass some of that on to you so that you can use that in your everyday life because you shouldn't have to feel like you're fighting with food all the time and like you're fighting yourself over food essentially, right? So, let's get into this. So, cravings, you know, a lot of times we just we feel out of control around food sometimes. And I spent years feeling this way, just total yo-yo with food. Like just going from one end of the spectrum to the other, I would try and be super, super restrictive and not let myself have anything. You know, I I would basically cut out all sugar and, and like all, all foods that I deemed like junk food or anything like that. And then within a few days, typically I could almost set my watch by myself that I would end up going completely the other direction. I would end up binging binging on foods that I was trying to avoid, all those foods that I had crossed off my allowed-to-eat list, and it would just start the cycle all over again because then I would feel so guilty, and I'd be beating myself up, I would be bloated, I'd feel awful, and then it would be like, okay, Monday morning, starting all over again, right? Like, does this sound familiar? There's so many of us who go through these, these cycles and these phases of trying to cut foods out and switching back and forth between kind of like the dieting versus binging cycle. So, I'm going to give you uh four super specific ways that we can start to deal with cravings. So, number one is to increase your protein. And there's some controversy about this because usually when I tell people that, one of the first things that they'll say is, "Well, you know, like what about too much protein? Like how much is too much?" So, What I'm here to tell you is that the the general guidelines that I'm going to give you here today, they're totally fine. They're totally safe for just about anyone. If you have an existing kidney condition or something along those lines, then that's different. Uh, I mean, obviously anything, anything given on this podcast is not medical advice, but especially if you have any kind of any underlying condition, but especially something to do with uh, your kidneys or anything along those lines obviously you need to be speaking to a medical professional before you implement, uh, any kind of change, especially related to protein. So just the disclaimer there, you know, obviously re- refer to your doctor, nothing here is ever medical advice, but increasing your protein I've found to be so helpful for women in particular. The women that I work with are often not getting quite enough protein to reach their goals. Um, and there's, there's a few different ways to look at this. So When we're trying to lose weight, protein is really important because we want to lose fat, but to maintain the muscle. So in order to maintain the muscle that we already have, then we want to make sure that we're getting adequate protein because that's going to support the muscle so that you not only drop cravings or not drop cravings, but can reduce cravings. But then when you're, when you're losing the weight, then you're not losing muscle as part of that weight, or at least you're minimizing the amount of muscle that you'll lose and it will be a little bit uh, more fat instead. So that's part of it. The other thing is if you're looking to gain muscle, then obviously, again, we, we kind of know this at this point, uh, that protein is super important that we need to, and that we actually need to make sure that we're eating enough too. But protein is also super important if we're trying to gain muscle. That's another really important factor. But overall, if we are trying to reduce cravings, having enough protein is going to keep you more satisfied as well. That's going to play a really big role here. And honestly, this is one of the biggest factors that can change everything for people, especially for women. It can be tough to fit in enough protein too. Like sometimes we kind of have to get creative and I'm not one to jump... To supplements. Uh, I do prefer whole food sources whenever possible, but a well-sourced protein powder can be great. I, I also prefer plant-based protein powders, um, just because it, uh, I find a lot of people end up not reacting really well to whey. If you do react well to whey, awesome. Uh, again, make sure that that is well-sourced though too. It's important to get a well-sourced one for this, but if you, if you're going to do it, uh, that can be a really great option, either a plant-based, preferably a, a plant-based protein powder, Or if you need to, uh, a whey one, like a grass-fed whey or something like that, that can be great as well. Um, Collagen powder. I really, really like collagen. Um, Some brands that I like, I like Vital Proteins and I like um, Great Lakes. So I can make sure to link those in the show notes as well. Both of those are awesome. There's more and more options popping up for collagen as well. Um, Again, just make sure that you're getting a well-sourced one. You can add stuff like that to, to smoothies. You know, smoothies are always like a really popular, nice, easy option. Um, For the collagen, you can even add it to things like soups or something. You won't even taste it. You won't even know that it's in there. You can even add it to, you know, your coffee. Um, There's a few different things that, that you can do with it. So it can just be really helpful to add an extra little bit of protein to your diet. But overall, we need to be getting our protein from whole food sources whenever possible. So we're looking at, um, you know, like poultry, different kinds of meats, obviously poultry, beef, um, uh, you know, chicken, Turkey, there's eggs. Um, there's all kinds of different sources that you can go to. And then in terms of plant-based, there's all kinds of beans, you know, chickpeas, um, black beans. Like there's so many different options there, legumes, uh, lentils, all of these things. I do want to clear something up. Protein is, is not something like peanut butter. Is not a good source of protein. Same with cheese. I often will have people tell me like, oh, I had protein with my meal. I had some peanut butter. Or, oh, I had protein with my meal. I had some cheese. Y- yes, there, there is a very small amount of protein in both of those things. But overall, both of those things are, uh, if we break them down into the macronutrient, um, into the, the different macronutrients, they are much more fat than they are compared to protein. They are not good sources of protein. Yes, they'll have a tiny little bit, That's great, but that is not a a good source of protein. We're looking more for the the bigger, like heavy hitters that are really going to up your protein for the day. And it might take getting a little bit familiar with how much protein is contained in these different foods. Because if you aren't familiar with how much protein is in certain foods, you're not going to know what you're hitting either. And I tend to suggest that for women overall, and I'm not one to... Also suggest, uh, tracking your food. That's not really how, how I operate because I think that it can be a really dangerous road to go down and it can become kind of obsessive sometimes. But if, if you're looking to educate yourself, I tend to suggest to women that they aim for around a hundred grams of protein a day. So if you look into what you're eating currently, and that feels like an overwhelming number to reach because you're so much lower than that currently, don't stress, like don't don't go from zero to hero. Don't don't make it happen overnight. It's going to be a gradual increase. So take it slowly and just start to readjust your meals, maybe reevaluate um, what you're making your meals up of and taking a look at how you can add in some more protein-rich foods into what you're already eating. And take it really slow that way. But yeah, it, it can feel daunting at first if, if you're changing things up a little bit. So just take it slow. There's no need to, to again, like hugely change things overnight. That can also be hard on the digestion too. Anytime we make any major change to what we're eating, if we're changing something very rapidly, the body might be like, whoa, what's happening, right? So gradual is better and gradual is going to be more sustainable too. We talk about this a lot, that when we're going for, for gradual, that's what's going to be a more sustainable lifestyle habit as opposed to just creating some kind of new diet for yourself, right? We're trying to get away from from diets. We're trying to develop something sustainable here. So, increasing protein that is going to really really change your cravings big time because a lot of women in particular women are often not eating quite enough protein. We're trying to fill up on things like vegetables and stuff and that's great. Like there's lots of great fiber in there. I will never bash veggies, that's for sure. We we do want the veggies. But we also need to make sure that we're getting enough protein. That's super, super important. Okay, so number one, increase your protein. That's going to play a huge role in your cravings. You will notice a difference. It's also going to likely increase your energy too. So just keep an eye on, on your protein. Do some research. Uh, see what you what you, you know. Maybe track your food for a day or two. Um, something like MyFitnessPal. There's all kinds of different options out there that you can kind of get a, a general idea as to how much protein you're getting. And then you can start to change things up a little bit from there to get the best results. Okay. Uh, Number two is sleep. I know I always, it feels like everything I talk about comes back to sleep, (laughs) but it is super important and it is very closely related to cravings. So when you get less than seven hours of sleep, it actually changes how your body releases appetite related hormones and signals to your brain that you are hungry, even if on, on a good day with a lot more sleep or, you know, good quality sleep, you wouldn't feel as hungry as often. So that's huge, right? Like, and I can think of so many times where I've been exhausted, sleep deprived. Um, I didn't get enough sleep last night. Maybe I just got like poor quality sleep, whatever it is. And those are typically the days where I feel like I can't control myself around food. And because I'm so aware of that now, I will actually overcompensate on the days that I know that I haven't gotten enough sleep from the first moment I get up, I already start introducing ways that will help to try and counterbalance that a little bit. So like extra water, uh, extra protein, maybe I I add in some extra carbohydrates that day, something like that, because this is, this is always when we usually are reaching for anything high in carbohydrates. There's nothing wrong with carbohydrates, by the way, but this is when we're reaching for the things that are high in carbohydrates that are types of foods that are usually not as good for us because they're, they're often also typically, uh, very high in fat and sugar too. So when we're sleep deprived, these are the kinds of foods we're we're reaching for. I'm talking things like donuts or like the entire bag of chips or, you know, a mountain of chocolate, (laughs) whatever we can get our hands on. Basically that is what we are more likely to be craving when we're sleep deprived. And this is only going to compound by the way, If you don't get a good night's sleep one night, you know, don't panic. Like, again, there's some ways to kind of overcompensate for it to allow a little bit of, of give. But if you are chronically sleep deprived, then you're going to have a very hard time fighting off cravings, very difficult time, not to mention all the other issues. I mean, obviously like your, your digestion is going to be off. Your skin probably is going to look dull and, and tired. Like that will show on your face. Um, there's so many different issues that are associated with sleep but cravings are one of them. And this is something that I feel like a lot of people forget about. So when we're sleep deprived, you are more likely to have cravings. You are generally just more likely to consume foods that are higher in calories and eat more in general, especially if the sleep depression, if sleep deprivation is sustained over a period of time. And basically like get your sleep, (laughs) get your sleep, because this is important. This is so important for all aspects of your life, including your mood, even so many different areas. But if you're concerned about cravings, if you feel like you're out of control around food, I want you to look at your sleep. So number two is sleep, develop a bit of a sleep routine. There's so much amazing research, so many awesome resources out there now that we can use to, to better support our sleep. And I highly recommend it. So number one, increase protein. Number two is sleep. Number three, This one can feel a little bit confusing, but number three is to play with your carbs to fats ratio. So that sounds a little weird. Uh, You might not know what I mean by that, but here's the thing is that we, we need both. We all need carbohydrates and we all need fats. It's just going to, how much of one versus the other is going to vary wildly depending on the individual, because some people function better with a little bit higher carbohydrate versus fats, and other people will function better with higher fats and lower carbohydrates. And there's no way to know what's going to be the best fit for you until you play with it a little bit, until you experiment. And this is where people also start to lose patience because we don't want to experiment. We want the quick fix. There is no quick fix. If you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know that there is no quick fix. There is no such thing. And if you want a sustainable lifestyle, then you've come to the right place because I can help you get there. And this, this can work. This stuff works for building a, a lifestyle over, over a period of time, but it is not going to get your results overnight. So this is the stuff that is going to take you the distance. It's going to go for the long term. So because some people are going to respond better to one or the other carbs or fats, you want to start with one and Increase it a little bit. So let's say you start with, with, uh, carbohydrates. So you're adding in, let's say, um, like some extra sweet potatoes or squash or, um, like an extra whole grain tortilla or something like that. There's so many different options that that we could talk about there. So start with increasing one and keep the other one the same. So whatever you currently would have on a typical day for fats, let's say, um, keep that the same, but you are adding in an extra serving or two of carbs. And see how your cravings respond to that. See how your body responds to that. And does your digestion like that? There's so many different factors here, right? See how that goes for a few days. So keep that the same for a few days, even a couple of weeks, and see how you're feeling. Because that's the thing. This isn't going to change. You you aren't necessarily going to notice a big difference in how you're feeling overnight. This is going to take a little bit of time. So you need to be patient with yourself and give your body a little bit of time to adjust. So stick with whatever change you've made for at least a few days, preferably a couple of weeks. See how you're feeling. See how your cravings are responding. See how your digestion is. See how your your sleep is affected potentially even. All of these different things can all play a big role. And then depending on how you're feeling, maybe you switch it up. Maybe then you decrease carbs a little bit and you add in some extra fats instead. And you might function better on higher fats as opposed to higher carbs. So it's going to be kind of like one, one or the other. Doesn't mean that that you won't end up increasing both a little bit, but typically it's going to be one will be higher than the other, and and that is usually just how most people function um, is best with you know either either higher carbs or higher fats, and it doesn't mean that, that you're drastically reducing the other one. It's nothing like that. It's nothing extreme at all. It's just sometimes people will function with a little bit higher one versus a little bit higher of the other. Okay. So number one, increase protein. Number two, watch your sleep get your sleep. (laughs) Number three is to play with your carbs to fats ratio. Okay. Number four, drink more water. Again, I realize that this stuff sounds super basic, but especially in the winter, it is very easy to become dehydrated and we mistake dehydration for hunger. And that is often when we're reaching for things that are just going to kind of fill us up and we think it's going to satiate us, but our body just actually needs some water too. So it, it can be tough to distinguish between those two feelings until you get really familiar with it. So again, it's super tough in the winter sometimes. So you might need to mix it up with hot beverages like herbal tea. Um, watch for the caffeine. So when I say hot beverages, don't start like chugging coffee <laughs> because then that's also going to affect your sleep. <laughs> so we don't, we don't want to do that. You know, if you have your, your cup of coffee in the morning or whatever, that's great. Um, just when I say hot beverages, that doesn't necessarily mean to jack up the the hot chocolates and the the black teas the hot the the coffees all of those things because all of those are going to have a lot of caffeine so be careful about the caffeine because humans are more sensitive to caffeine a lot of us than we think that we are so be careful about that but yeah, things like herbal tea, um, I sometimes I also feel like I've turned into my grandmother in recent years and will sometimes drink plain hot water. <laughs> I used to think that it was so weird when she would do that when I was a kid, and now I do it regularly, especially in the winter. So yeah, that's something to bear in mind as well. Um, you know, keep a, keep a water bottle close, maybe even by your bed, so that you can chug some water as soon as you wake up. Um, my friend Lauren always talks about uh, water before coffee, and I'm a huge proponent of that as well. Make sure that you're drinking your water before your coffee. Water should be your number one priority. When you get up in the morning, start drinking water. It's going to wake up your body. It's going to, you know, rehydrate you after not drinking for hopefully at least eight hours, right? Like somewhere along there, um, or the body gets dried out. We need to bring it back to life a little bit when we get up in the morning And that is a great time to add in more water. So at least one to two glasses of water first thing upon waking up, uh, drink from a straw too. That can actually be a really great way to feel like you're drinking a bit more water, like to actually encourage yourself to drink more water. Um, it's funny. I was never a straw person for years, but I got glass straws, uh, maybe six months ago or something. And I I love them and now on days when I feel like I'm not drinking much water, I'll stick a straw in my glass and for some reason I I somehow end up drinking more water than I would have otherwise. (laughs) I'm not even really sure why, but for some reason I seem to drink more water out of a straw occasionally, uh, some days. So that can be just like a really quick hack, right? You know, stick a straw in your glass and if it's going to convince you to drink more water, great, whatever's going to work. I just, I know it's hard in the winter when it's really cold outside and you know, a cold glass of water just doesn't seem that appealing. So you might have to get creative with this, but keeping water close as often as possible is going to be really, really important. So to review, uh, again, we've got increased protein. Number one, number two is sleep. Number three, play with your carbs to fats ratio. And number four is to drink more water. These are all going to really affect our cravings big time. <clears throat> I've got a bonus here. Sorry guys, I've got a bit of a, a cough and slash cold here. So this is getting in the way a little bit. (laughs) Um, so I have a bonus and that is to drum roll, eat what you're craving. (laughs) Not what you likely expected me to say. Yes, you heard me right. Like stop restricting yourself so damn much, especially if you have the other main bases covered, right? Like if you have the other sort of big rock things covered, like you're getting enough protein, you are getting good sleep, you are getting enough water. You have already kind of figured out where you sit on on how many carbs uh, make you feel good versus how much fat makes you feel good. If you have all those things nailed, especially if you have all those things nailed, but even if you're still working on those other things, that's totally fine too. But stop restricting yourself so much. Like if sometimes if you just let yourself have what you're craving, you'll be more satisfied. Like giving yourself that permission alone can change how cravings affect you. If you are constantly craving things that you never allow yourself to have, of course, you're going to run into an issue when it's readily available and you feel like you've no self-control, right? I told a client just the other day that I was mandating her (laughs) to eat one treat each day because she had swung from eating treats, uh, like too often before we started working together. And she just really wasn't feeling well because of it. Uh, She, she had really low energy. Um, she, like her joints were aching. She was, she was struggling. She wasn't feeling very well physically or emotionally because of it. But then she kind of swung the other direction to rarely eating treats really at all. And she started feeling super deprived, which is a dangerous cycle to be caught in. This is what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode where I was caught in that cycle for years where I would feel so deprived and I would be dieting and and all these different things and, and restricting myself like crazy. But then i would feel so deprived that i couldn't trust myself around any foods so then when those foods were presented to me of course i was going to dive in head first i couldn't help myself right i was like oh my god i have to eat all the things i might never see these things again and which is ridiculous but this is how the conversation goes in our heads so we have to normalize these foods it is okay to eat chips it's okay to eat pizza it's okay to eat chocolate like whatever whatever it is that you're craving sometimes Donuts, whatever you're into, it's okay to eat those things, especially if you're being consistent with all the other big rocks that I've mentioned today, like protein and water and sleep, all of those things. Okay. I want you to normalize what it is that you are craving and to normalize what it is that you're eating. And if, if you feel like you really want to have a donut and you've, you know, had adequate water that day, got decent sleep, whatever, eat it, just eat it. Even if you haven't gotten all those things totally down, that's fine. It's still good practice. So eat it, but pay attention to how you're feeling as you're eating it. Pay attention to how you're feeling after you eat it as well. So don't sit there and eat a donut scrolling Instagram. Like don't be distracted or you know, eating while you're driving, like all these different things, or you know, plopping down on the couch with like an entire bag of chips. We're all asking for for trouble when we do that, right? So like portion it out and just Eat them and notice how you feel. Notice, you know, how how you appreciate the food. How does it taste? Do you do you like it? Do you feel like your your craving is now is now satisfied? Without maybe finishing the entire bag, right? And don't associate so much guilt with it. It it, I'm giving you full permission. It is acceptable and totally fine to eat these foods. So stop making them out to be the bad guy because they're not. It's, it's all about, it's our responsibility. It's our relationship with food. The food is just the food. It's what we deem it to be that gives it a negative quality or a positive quality, depending on what we're talking about. But a lot of foods we will, we will just kind of like write off and give these really negative qualities, these really negative associations in our heads. But that that's all made up. That, that's just us attaching that to it. It's not the food's fault, right? Right. But then we feel like we can't trust ourselves around these foods and know oh, this is bad and, and all of these different things. All of these things come up. All these emotions come up. It's just food. It is just food. So if you focus on getting those big rocks in place, the protein, the sleep, the water, um, you know, playing around with your carbs and fats, all of these different things. And then you also just actually eat what you're craving sometimes. This will completely shift your entire relationship with food and particularly with your cravings. I know that this shit seems basic. Like everything I've said here seems so basic. Sometimes when I'm coming up with episodes like this, or even like a social media post or something like that, I think to myself, well, you know, like I feel like people don't even need to hear this because it's just, it's basic. It just, it feels like basic knowledge. But we all need these reminders sometimes. I need these reminders sometimes. Like I'm human too. I I also need to just remind myself of the basic things sometimes that we forget because a lot of times we overcomplicate things and we make them so much harder than we need to be. This is when, you know, we're looking for that, that quick fix, that magic pill that's going to make our cravings go away, but we're not sleeping enough. We're not getting enough protein. We're not drinking enough water. Of course, you're going to have cravings. You're trying to never eat certain foods ever, right? Of course, you're going to crave them. Of course you are. So there's so many of us that are just ignoring the simplest solutions and we're too busy stressing over which of the latest fad diets or, or celery juice or whatever is going to work the best to help us drop weight when we haven't even mastered the basics that would likely work really well if we actually did them consistently. So cut yourself some slack, give yourself some grace and focus on some of these, these big rock things. And I think that this is, you're going to find that this really transforms your relationship with cravings. So I want to hear more from you on this. I want to hear how this is going. I want to hear maybe what the, the foods are that you that you crave the most often. And I want to hear which one of these is maybe going to shift things the most for you after you've had some time to implement it. Let me know. So take a screenshot of this episode. Tag me over at Emily Goff Coach um, over on Instagram. Goff is G-O-U-G-H. And, uh, or you can also pop into the room to grow podcast Facebook group as well. And let us know, I would love to hear how this is going for you, uh, how, how you feel about your relationship with cravings and maybe what you're changing to really start to come up with some ways to do this in a more sustainable way and really get your, your big rocks down. Okay. So let me know, I'd love to hear and please make sure to hit subscribe. Um, Lots of great stuff coming up, including a very special interview on Thursday that I'm really, really excited to share with you. So I hope you have an amazing day and we'll be back on Thursday. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.